he took a box of Swamvestus matches from his pocket and lit his pipe. Sent anyone up there? he asked, emitting a plume of smoke towards the nicotine-stained ceiling. It was Marriott's job to know the present whereabouts of every detective at Cannon Row, and he knew that Hardcastle meant an A-Division CID officer. I've already sent Cat Owen Lipton up there to secure the scene, sir, he said, naming two detective constables. Fat lot of good they'll be, growled Hardcastle, seizing his bowler hat and umbrella and making his way downstairs. And I took the liberty of calling Dr. Spilsbury, sir, continued Marriott as he hurried after the DDI. I should hope so, Marriott, muttered Hardcastle, who always wanted the country's leading forensic pathologist to examine the victim of any murder that he was investigating. Spilsbury was renowned in courts throughout the country, and defence counsel always took special care in preparing their case when they knew he was to appear for the prosecution. In particular, his evidence in the infamous Brides in the Bath case in 1915 had resulted in George Joseph Smith being hanged for his crimes. During the course of that trial, a bath had been brought into the Old Bailey courtroom and filled with water. A nurse, attired in a bathing costume, stepped into the bath. Pulling the nurse's ankles upwards and submerging her head, Detective Inspector Neal demonstrated how Smith had murdered his victims. By so doing, he almost succeeded in killing the unfortunate nurse. But newspaper reports attributed the demonstration to Spilsbury. He never denied it. Turning out of the police station into Derby Gate and thence to Whitehall, with his sergeant chasing behind him, Hardcastle peered in vain for a taxi. "'Might be quicker to take a bus, sir,' suggested Marriott warily. "'I heard the other day that a lot of cabbies have joined the army.' "'Divisional detective inspectors do not travel to the scene of a crime on a bus, Marriott,' said Hardcastle sternly. At last, sighting a cab, he waved his umbrella at it imperiously. Victoria Station Driver The cab driver yanked down the flag on his taximeter. Having a day at the seaside, Governor? he asked. Five and nine on the Brighton line, he added jocularly, quoting Army Housey Housey Caller's slang for the number 59. Just get on with your bloody driving, snapped Hardcastle. I've got a murder to deal with. The chastened cab driver remained silent for the remainder of the short journey down Victoria Street. It was drizzling with rain when Hardcastle and Marriott arrived at Victoria Station. A troop train had just disgorged a thousand or more soldiers returning from the front. They were borne down with packs and rifles, while others, taking a brief respite, had dumped their kit around their feet. These men had arrived on leave, although few people would have guessed it. Each had a muddied, drawn and haggard appearance, as though he had been to hell and back. Many of the soldiers were clustered around the three money exchange booths, one of which was to become the focus of Hardcastle's latest murder inquiry. In an attempt to marshal those unfortunates who were bound for the front, movement control sergeants dashed around shouting orders and scribbling on papers. Clouds of steam swirled across the crowded station and the odour of burning coal filled the air. Occasionally, the hubbub of noise was punctuated by the doom-laden whistles of hissing locomotives hauling their reluctant passengers on the first stage of their journey to France or Belgium. 
little knots of people were saying goodbye to loved ones returning to the fighting. Some women clutched handkerchiefs and were crying, while others did their best to put on a brave face. One young girl, her long black coat failing to disguise her pregnancy, was clinging to a Lance Bombardier who only yesterday had done the right thing by her. Her face was buried in the rough material of his tunic, and she gripped the webbing of his equipment as though trying to prevent his going, doubtless wondering if she would ever see him again. A line of ambulances stretched down one side of the concourse, the women drivers talking to a group of red-caped nurses of Queen Alexandra's Imperial Military Nursing Service as they waited for the next hospital train. Suddenly, as if in response to some secret signal, the group broke up, clambered into their vehicles and drove on to one of the platforms. They stopped and swung open ambulance doors.